ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show. And I've got a really exciting guest lined up from the theatre world. Um, I've wanted to have um, this guest on for a while, actually. Um, it's been like on my list. I'm going to ask them to, to come on my podcast. And um, I asked her in uh, maybe just before Christmas or in the new year, and, and she said yes, uh, very kindly. So... So this a bit of a theatre legend, really. Um, I mean, she's been in loads of different shows and loads of different um, things. I mean, you name it, she's, she's done it. Um, she's, uh, she's also danced for Matthew Bourne's dance company and things like The Carman and Cinderella. Um, she's been in, she was Fran in Strictly Ballroom, which is ridiculously exciting. Obviously, we'll talk about that. Um, uh, she's done Rock of Ages, she's done Cats, she's done Follies, she's done all sorts, but um, most famously now finds herself Olivier Award nominated for her role as Mary Poppins in London's West End, which is pretty much as big as it gets. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Miss Zizi Stralen. How are you doing, Zizi? Hi, thank you for having me. No, coming on. <laughs> what a lovely introduction. Well, like I say, I've... I've I sort of write a list every now and again of like interesting guests I'd like to have on the show. And, and I think oh, I'll, I'll message them at some point. And um, yeah, you, you've been on my list for a while. And I thought, yeah, it'd be really good to get you on the show because you've done so much and you've got, I'm sure you've got so much that you can um, talk about and speak about. And, and people would love to hear from you. Sometimes when I put little things out on social media, like who do you want to hear from on the podcast? Um, uh, your name comes up. So um, yeah, oh, that's nice. obviously everyone's excited to, to hear from you. Um, I feel like we can't start off any conversation without talking about <laughs> COVID-19. Um, in the room. Yeah. But so, <laughs> so you were obviously doing Mary Poppins when this, um, when this kicked off. Mm. Uh, when, when did you open in Mary Poppins? How long had you been going? We hadn't been open that long. We did our first preview at the end of October. And then I think we had press night about the second week of November um so you know like the months go by so quickly especially when you're enjoying a show that you're doing so it it seemed like we'd only been doing the show five minutes I think it was around five months um and then yeah and then I was actually on my first lot of three days off um so I had little three days of holiday um and it was my first little bit of time off from the show since we'd opened um and uh, I'd booked a little holiday to Gran Canaria on my own I was just going to go away for a few days um and uh and then it was like I don't know this all these like weird rumors of oh I think we're going to get a month off from the show for this weird like illness or you know things like that and at the time like I was actually knackered after after five months of doing this because Mary Poppins as a track is really tiring and um I was thinking well actually I could do with a month off. <laughs> a month off doesn't sound too bad um but it sounds it's hilarious thinking back to that now thinking it was only going to be a month um but uh yeah and then so so on that Monday, I was on my first day of my three days. So I'd cancelled, obviously my, my holiday had been cancelled, but I was just at home. And um, then I I just started getting messages from people that had, at the show, they'd gone down to warm up um, and been told at six o'clock that there wasn't going to be a show that night. Um, and they didn't know when the next show would be. And then everyone just sort of went home. Um, and that was that. And that was March the 15th or something like that. Mm. Um, 
so yeah and it's weird because we a few months ago so like at the end of the summer we were told that we could go into our dressing rooms to um pick up some like bits they were saying they were they were clearly saying they said you do not need to clear out your dressing rooms this is not us telling you that the show's closing or whatever like they were really sweet but they were like if you need to get anything from your dressing room this is the time to go in and I went into my dressing room and it was like you know, like a weird crime scene where you're not allowed to touch any of the evidence because somebody's like died there like it was literally like I had just let left the room so my water bottle was like half full from like six months before my dress my eyeshadow brush was like just been used it was so eerie all my costumes were hung up it was like I was there to do a show but six months ago like six and no one had been in there for six months it was just so, the weirdest thing um but uh yeah and it was really emotional actually um yeah. just thinking like I don't ever know when I'm going to be back like in this dressing room to get ready to do a show again and I love the show so much that it's, it re it's really emotional for me. Yeah, yeah, it must be. And and how have you, um, like, have you have you managed to keep yourself busy? Have you have you been? How have you taken on sort of twenty twenty? Because there's like there's people that go, no, I need this, I need this break, and it's okay. I'm just gonna like relax and take care of myself. Or some people panic about not being productive enough I need to do this and I need to do that or you know how, what's what have, what have you been doing with yourself well to be honest I am inherently lazy <laughs> I, <laughs> if I can sit in my bed all day I will um if I'm not performing you know um but no I but I've, I've grown in this period a, a new love of like sort of working out and you know spin I, I bought an exercise bike right at the start of lockdown thank god and um I uh so I I just got straight on eBay and I was like right what can I get that I can you know work out at home um and uh so I've been on the exercise bike and I found a lot of like motivation within myself um I think just because like I want the show to go back so so much so badly that I don't want to be out of shape uh and I know how fit I have to be to get through my show every night right. so like I, I feel like I'm like constantly saying to myself right if they phoned next week and they're saying right we're going to go back would I be able to do it you know I want to keep up my fitness as much as I can um so that's kind of been like my main thing mm. um and uh I, I it was weird. It's been a bit of an emo emotional roller coaster, really. Right at the start, I was in a, in my flat on my own, mm. and it wasn't a good place for me. I, you know, staring into this sort of lockdown, thinking, I don't know how long I'm going to be here on my own in my flat, and it was really. Um, quite depressing actually and every time I FaceTimed people it would it, and 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 hang up from the FaceTime it would suddenly be even more quiet than it was before and lonely mm. and it was a real kind of like lonely time and so thank goodness my friends who I'd done a, a, some shows with before said they had a spare room and they were like get over here come and stay here do lockdown here and it was actually the best thing ever I went and did seven weeks at my friends and and then so when I came back to my flat I was in a better headspace so yeah, so it, it's been it's been a bit up and down, but I've got back into my writing. I've been writing a sitcom for a few years okay. um, uh, that's uh, sort of set in the theatre um, because that's 
all I mean I don't want to say it's all I've ever known but it's the big it's been the biggest thing yeah. in my life and my yeah, family right, you know yeah and you write what you know exactly and 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 I have I feel like I have so much material of backstage um mm. that I think people from the outside world that aren't in our industry would find funny I think they would like they were it's ent very entertaining what happens backstage so I've kind of been writing it for a few years um and never really having the guts to kind of show it to anyone because I'm mm -hmm. you know a bit like that you're like oh no but I'm probably just crap you know it's probably rubbish yeah, yeah. um but I've been trying to really make a go of it especially the last couple of months actually so um yeah I'm looking forward to kind of getting that out and showing it to people I've been trying to put together a pitch for that um so yeah that that's kind of been my project <laughs> there's a couple of things there that interest me because because um that's so interesting that you say that you've been writing this because I've been writing a uh a drama series based in the ballroom competition world. Oh my God, write what you know. <laughs> it's like, like we've both taken to writing about that thing that we've grown up in. That's, that's oh amazing. God. Well, if Strictly Ballroom's anything to go by, there's a lot yeah. of drama in the ballroom. And yeah, drama. right, exactly. Um, so yeah, we've, we've both been doing that. And it's interesting you said that like just, just being on, on your own and, and how different it felt once you were around people because I've I've really started feeling that now like I'm quite a um I don't know what the word is but like I'm quite I'm I'm quite okay just sort of being at home I don't have to be when, when I when I was younger I enjoyed going out all the time whatever but nowadays I like I, I'm not really a go out all the time person I'm, I'm quite happy yeah, at home and I don't have to be around loads of people um but in the last few months I've really missed just friends just just yeah being around well, just the, the possibility to sit, go out and see people I think mm. when that's kind of taken away from you you go you know you don't you don't even have that uh, available to you to go oh I think I want to see that person today or mm. you know I, I want to go and sit just for, for once sit in a pub and talk to my yeah. friends and have exactly. a pint like that yeah. little you know those little things that you love like I love a Sunday roast mm. um I love you know a veggie roast and mm. to go and like have a have a roast with my friends I just feel like I every Sunday comes around I'm like I just want to go to a pub yeah like a normal chat that's not on FaceTime or Zoom and and just, yeah. yeah just hang out yeah and, and I know what you mean and also from like a a performance perspective sort of mentally emotionally for you um what has it felt like because so I was talking to um Cassidy Jansen yeah and she was saying that it's really hit home to her how um like as performers it's it's not just a job to us it's like a real part of us and it's a part of our identity like mm -hmm. it's a part of how we go about our lives is like we're, we're performers and it's a real process of of what we do and I don't know I'm, I'm sort of I relate to that but I'm interested in it are you have you been all right with just like no it's it's fine I know I'm gonna do it again at some point or have you really felt like this god I need to just go and perform I need to go and be in something play a character do something yeah, I, I've massively felt that actually and it's been um it's been really great in a way, um, because for me, um, be, coming from um, a theatrical family, um, I've often sort of thought in my head, 
was I ever re- did I ever really want to do this like you know you look back and you think or did I just sort of fall into it because my family all did it um and I know that I love it I know that I do and I know that you know but when you're doing the show every day and you and you get tired and you have two show day and you're like oh god I just want to sit on the sofa today like and uh, when you're when we used to take it for granted and um uh, in this time, I've realised that I absolutely live and breathe it. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. And I wouldn't ever want to do anything else. So it's been great for me in that way, because I've actually fully realised it within myself that if my family weren't anything to do with the industry, I still would want to do it. I still would have somehow gone into the creative arts industry um, because... I just realized how much I love it and how much I miss it. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's been a, quite a nice revelation for me in that, of course I always knew that I loved it, but now I fully, fully know, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. I, I have the same thing. Like, cause obviously my, my parents were ballroom dancers as well. So I was sort of born into yeah. that world and, and, yeah, and, and we'll get into this with you about your family and stuff. But like, obviously, we're, we've both been like born into a world. And and I often question the same things. Like, did I actually want this? Or is it just the family thing? You know, did I end up doing this because of that? Um, and then there's been a couple of moments, I sort of have these moments where I go back and forth between like, do you know what, maybe I don't want it, I'm going to pack it all in now. And I've done yeah. it a couple of times. And then something sort of sucked me back in and made me realize actually, like, I love this like yeah. the, the first time I did it was um I, I was just when I gave up the ballroom competition world I was like I was so fed up of it and I didn't want to do it anymore and I thought it was like I'm packing it all in and then I went and watched um Edward Scissorhands Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands oh, so and went oh this is this is why I this is what I love about it it's like I just don't want to compete but I do want to perform I want to do something like, and blah 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 and then I totally hear you on this time like Cause we're so, cause performing can be so knackering. Um, it's like, you get to that point where like, you, yeah, you, you're right. You dream of that, just some days on the sofa and not having that responsibility. But then yeah. as, as soon as all this time is given to, to us because of this situation, it's like, what would you do with your time? It's like, I just want to go and perform. I just want to be back. 100%. On yeah. yeah. And it's been so great. It's just, you know, I'm sure we're going to have, when we go back when we go back like it's um it, it I'm sure we're gonna have those tired days where you're like oh god I really can't face it today but I'm always going to now have that second thought of remembering this time of mm-hmm. when I would have done anything to go to the show uh yeah. today you know tonight to go and do the show tonight and think I'm never gonna take it for granted anymore I'm gonna feel the tired and like you know but I'm but never wish that I would be doing anything else ever again so it's kind of nice kind of gives us a new lease I wish it hadn't been so long but um (laughs) I felt the new lease about six months ago so (laughs) go back that'd be great yeah it's like I get it now I get it I want to perform I get it it I've learned my lesson can I go back now yeah. So let's let's go back to the start then and, and tell us like, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, like tell us about your well, your family and also how how you sort of got into performing. But also what I'm interested in is like, was it just a case of, you know, what we were talking about? Was it just a case of um, you sort of fell into it because of your family? It was just like you were around it so much and you ended up doing it. 
or was there like when you were a kid, can you remember feeling like I want to do this? And was that like singing or dancing or acting or all of it or stage, TV, film, you know, showbiz, fame, you know, what, what was it about for you? Or, or was it just, you were just doing it all the time? Yeah, I don't, it's, it's funny that you say the word fame because that's always been like one thing that is um, never has never been something to strive for in my family. Like okay. it's always been like the opposite. It's like, you know, be successful and not famous because that's just Which is great. too much hard work. Yeah. yeah, like, <laughs> and it's just never ever do it for the fame um, because it's not worth it for what, mm. like, you know. But I, but it's also where we were really lucky in my family is that we were never. It, it was never pushed on us, especially by m- my parents. They were, if anything, they were like, are you sure there's nothing else you want to do? Because <laughs> you'd have a lot more of an easy life. You know? yeah. um, while they're sort of like, you know, my dad was in, has done, has done some incredible shows. He was, you know, original cast on Set Boulevard and Chess and, and all these shows, but he was on, you know, an ensemble wage with four kids. And like, I always think, God, like, how did you do that kind of thing? Yeah. And um, and so they always knew how hard it was, um, but so it was never really pushed on us. But I remember, um, when I was, uh, we always went to my nan's dancing school. My nan had a had a dancing school that that it, she sends all her profit to the Variety Club charity. So she oh, never, um, and it, it, it's sort of for underprivileged kids. So it's very very cheap to go there, um, and then she doesn't really make any profit from it. But we always went there twice a week after school, and um, and that's kind of like. Uh, but the thing is about my nan and my parents and their contacts and Bonnie's contacts is that the teachers at this school were absolutely unreal. They were all like West End performers, you right, know, right. were West End performers that would come and teach for my nan because they went to my nan's dance school. And um, so we were taught by these amazing people, um, which I think helped. And then my nan would always put us at the front of the show, you know, sing that number or sing, and it was just sort of like never questioned with my nan it was never like oh that doesn't suit your voice or that doesn't suit it was just just sing it just sing it you know just have a go you know <laughs> so I was like get always sort of like at the front like belting these massive numbers in a costume and you know so it's sort of like I was never really given the time I never really thought about like whether I was a dancer or a singer or an actor it was just like just do it what do you want me to do yeah I'll do it kind yeah. of thing you know <laughs> you want me to do a monologue yeah I'll do that yeah you want me to do a double pirouette yeah I'll do that you know so it's like uh, it, it, I was we were always sort of brought up to be like all-rounders like just work hard at everything you know um but when I was 11 um I did you know when you um leave primary school and go to secondary school and I got into this really really academic school that sort of um would groom you as such to be a lawyer or a um, doctor okay and uh and um, my parents were like, oh, my God, she's got a brain. And uh, and, I, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, God, do I, I need to really use this brain. And 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 so I went to this. Um, my sisters had always had gone to arts educational and I went to this really academic school. Um, and uh, I mean, I got really badly bullied. And I think that's mm. what didn't help. But I also didn't. I just didn't enjoy the academic competition of it. It was like, if you got nine out of 10 on a test, you were like given detention or something, you know, you weren't given, you didn't get hundred percent every time. And then it was just a mixture of that and a mixture of the, of the bullying. Like I was on, but the bullying came from my dance background. So when I would like do throw 
uh, the ball in netball, I would like do an arabesque and get like <laughs> bullied for it, you know. And um, so I ended up, uh, uh, but at that time I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a lawyer. I'm gonna be the one that's gonna be a lawyer and and not go into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lasted two terms at that school and begged my parents to let me go to arts ed. And um, I actually wrote to Hammersmith Council um, for them to give me a grant. Um, and uh, cause my mum and dad were like, well, we can't afford for you to go to arts ed. So if you can pay for yourself to go there, you can go. So I, um, I auditioned for Hammersmith and Fulham Council, which I don't think they do anymore. Um, they, ca- they let me come in and do a dance and a song or whatever. And they gave me the money to go to arts ed. Um, and uh, or gave me some, some of the money to go to Art said, and that's that. So I kind of worked really hard to get <laughs> myself <laughs> um, into Art said, and uh, yeah, I stayed there till I was, till I was 16. Um, and I uh, did my GCSEs there and everything. So yeah, that was like, so yeah, I guess I have always kind of known that I, that I really wanted to do it, but I've always sort of been that like go-getter like mm. you need me to go you know like I'm going to get myself into arts ed I was there 11 years old right who can I write to Hammersmith and Fulham Council right okay who can give me the money to go to arts educational <laughs> like hilarious but um yeah that's so a good story that, that, that's almost like a it's almost like a movie like this, this yeah. little thing. <laughs> I am gonna dance one day and sing and act and I'm gonna dance for you right now and you're gonna give me that grant <laughs> yeah I remember <laughs> I, I choreographed it I choreographed a, com- a contemporary dance to Mad World, you know, that song Mad World. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, I remember like, yeah, for this panel of Hammersmith Council and sort of begging them to give me some money to go to Arts Educational. Like, yeah, so um, yeah, I, I guess we were never really given it. I was I was never given given it. I was always sort of make, make, yeah, make mm. it for myself kind of thing. Mm. And <laughs> So again, I suppose on that theme again, it's like, life sort of threw you a situation which made liked what's happening now which makes you sort of question everything you like mm. makes you think oh maybe i'm gonna do this maybe i won't be a performer maybe da 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 and then you know they say that your your sort of passion just finds you don't they and and, and it, it just feels like at every turn it's come to you like no actually i've realized this is what i want to do and i'm yeah do anything to make it happen yeah 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 <laughs> and, and then so so then you were training at Arts Ed, and then um, what? Then where did it go from there? Like, what was your first sort of um, job as a as a performer? Like, where so, you felt like, right, I'm doing it. So I went to London Studio Centre after um, Arts Ed, and um, while I was at Studio Centre, I got put up for this TV program called Britannia High. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? Um, and uh, yeah, I did. Name, yeah. Yeah, I did this um, sort of two week um, intense audition um, and the people that were there were sort of like Ed Sheeran, like there's a really comedy vid- uh, audition video of Ed Sheeran doing dancing. Um, that's at that at Britannia High audition right. and uh, Pixie Lot and, and all these people. And, and like we didn't get it. Um, I didn't get it. But the, the casting director um from Britannia High, um, put me in touch with with some agents. So like, oh, we didn't, we couldn't give her the show, but we think that she should be represented by, by an agent, which was really nice. Mm. And um, so at seventeen, I after my first year at Studio Centre, I just started auditioning for things because I had this agent, and I never expected to get anything. Um, and then I got 
but I got the Music Man at Chichester um, for Stephen Meir. Mm. And um, so at 17, I, I, I started working um, and I, yeah, I played Zanita in the Music Man at Chichester. And it was, it was really lovely because my sister Scarlett was the lead, uh, Marion. Um, mm. So it was like a really lovely ease into the industry. Um, me and my sister shared digs in Chichester and um, just for my first job, I got to witness my sister being absolutely incredible, like, like she is. And, um, and, and Jenny Galloway, who was a, an actress that I'd really admired, she was playing my mum and she would give me endless notes. But because I was 17, I, didn't, I was like, yeah, give them to me. Tell me what to do. Like, I was like a sponge. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, like, what do I need to do in this bit? How do I make this funny? And, and um, it was great. And, um, and then... Uh, from there, I uh, uh, the summer of 2008, I auditioned for Dirty Dancing, um, which is where I met you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, which you were was like in the cast before me, like the year before yeah. me or something. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I was in that from 2008 to 2010. Yeah. Um, in yeah, in the West End, and that's sort of yeah carried off, carried on from there with a bit of luck and hard work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so 17 um yeah in 2008 the summer 2008 is when I started working professionally um which is a lifetime ago considering I'm 30 now it seems it's just so long ago <laughs> uh, you're a baby you're still a baby you're fine <laughs> yeah but when you start working at 17 like I yeah. feel it's it's odd but I feel mm. I almost feel younger now than I did when I was 17, because, you know, when you're 17 and you're surrounded by people who are so much older than you and you're working as a professional, you kind of mm. feel like you have to be this older person. You know, I had a 35 year old boyfriend when I was 17, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <I> was like <laughs> really grown up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, one thing that I want to ask you about then, because because there we're talking about sort of almost the person you think you have to be, you know, go, going into that situation and whatever. And that's something I'm quite interested in, in our world. And I also sort of picked up on you saying like, oh, I, was, I was auditioning for this and that and thought, oh, I probably won't get it. And then when we were talking about your um, writing that, that you've been doing, you know, your, your sort of first thought was, oh yeah, but I'm, I'm probably, I'm not going to show anyone yet because I'm probably crap because, because it's like, performers are so interesting because on this one side you're clearly like such a hard worker and such a like you say a go-getter and you 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 were really working towards you know what you wanted to do because you were so so passionate about it but at the same time there's this like oh but I, I probably won't get this and they probably won't like me doing that and then and that and that interests me about you because you've done so much in your in this time that you've been in the industry and and you know you're you're, you're a big star in in theater and um and something that really interested me that I didn't expect was I put a tweet out I think it or, or a, an Instagram or something I, I did some post like maybe a few months ago and it was I can't remember exactly what it said but it was something about the difference between like extroverts and in, introverts and yes. and you responded to it you put a comment on it that was like yeah definitely relate to this and and it really surprised me when you commented I know what it was it was you um it was uh uh an, a bit someone being an intra extrovert 
is an actual thing where you maybe something like that. I can't remember you, what it was. You have a you have a um when you're being your sort of professional self in your job, um, like your extrovert kicks in, but you mm. also the other you know probably 60 or 70 percent of the time you're an absolute introvert um mm. and i'm i massively relate to that and that's that's why i can't i really really struggle doing um one woman shows and talking about myself it fills okay. me with absolute dread um mm. because i at, that is my introvert side where i think why would anybody want to hear about me like, why would anyone want to hear me talk about me? Like, you know, and then, but I, but if I was to get up there and be a character talking about mm. that character, you would think I was the biggest show off in the world kind of thing. So it's like a, it's a, it's a strange thing that we have as, as performers, I think, and, mm. and, and creative people. Yeah. And cause I think like when I first met you, years ago around Dirty Dancing time. Um, and, and you know, oh, hello, hi, I'm ZZ, you know, like, like that. And, and, uh, and then, you know, I've, I've seen you in, uh, in a few different things. And, and like, I, I suppose you just make assumptions about people and, and, and because of the things that you do and the performances that you give, you, you, I would have just naturally assumed and maybe because of your whole upbringing, your, your family and, you know, everyone's performers and you know, whatever, yeah. I would naturally assume that you were just very confident and, and uh, a real extrovert and, you know, that, that kind of a person. So I suppose when, yeah, when you wrote that comment, no, actually, no, I totally relate to the introvert side of things. I was like, what's easy, really? Like, <laughs> like I, d I did not expect that at all. And, and if you... Have you ever had any of that with like going into like going into roles on stage, going into auditions, like and and that that sort of fear of, you know, oh, I hope I'm good enough for this, or like, oh, oh I don't know oh, if they're interested in me, or like every single time. Yeah, I never ever think I'm good enough for anything, but I think <laughs> that is that's the trick. I think well not a trick but I think that's what we should all have a bit of because mm -hmm. you know you I think that I wish I wish I had more confidence in myself definitely but I also am thankful for my humility and for the I don't know maybe it was my parents that, that drummed that into us of like um always make yourself better you can always be better you can always learn more you can always, you know, when I when I got Mary Poppins the first time, um, I I got given the role, and then a week later I got a phone call saying, um, right, we're putting you in singing lessons, ten weeks of singing lessons um, uh, with Mark Malan, and I was like, and of course they were because my stamina needed to get you know be built up and I needed to and I was going to be singing these songs there's so many songs I sing so many songs in the show and it's eight times a week and um but my but that kind of inner doubt and inner demon was like oh right okay so they're giving me this job but they still don't think I'm good enough like it's like <laughs> this weird thing you're like oh right oh, I've got to go to singing lessons oh cool but like of course you've got to go to singing lessons like the best people have to go to singing lessons because we always have to improve ourselves it's yeah. always you know, you've got to always improve. You, there's always room for improvement in everything. I think even you know the top athletes would say there's still room for improvement with them. Um, 
So I think we all have to have a little bit of that of like, oh, I hope they're good enough. But I do also love the feeling when you're auditioning for something and you think, I can do this. And I had that feeling when I auditioned for Fran for Strictly Ballroom. Mm. And I think it was because I related to the character so much because she's that kind of like shy um, sort of introvert that finds her where you know finds her body and finds the way that she, her finds her voice and finds who she is and her confidence and so I'd sort of had that journey throughout my life and I'd also grown up with watching the film so when I when that role came around I was like I have no doubt that I can do this role and I think when I walked into the room it was like that was all written across my face. <laughs> you know, also a really good feeling as well. Um, yeah. And it wasn't in like an arrogant way. It was just no. like, I, 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 I believe I am right for this role. And that was a nice feeling as well. Mm. No, I, I, yeah, I remember being there at the, those auditions for, for Strictly Ballroom and I saw you there and, yeah. and I immediately thought, Oh my, yeah, obviously that would, yeah, Zizi's going to be Fran 100%. Like oh. 100%, like oh, this, this is, this is obvious. Um, but I, but I had that thing, like, I, I think in that audition in, in particular as well, like I was so, I was, I, I, I don't know, it, it's, it's a weird thing to describe, but like going into an audition, like can sometimes be terrifying. And, and and you go and, and on, on that <laughs> you are all the time, yeah. Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter like what you've done before or you know, however much you think you can do the role. Sometimes it's just like, oh God. Um, and and like I was like I saw you, there's people I know there, and like I saw you there and thought, yeah, she she's a, a great fan. But I went in like so terrified in in the in the audition that I, I didn't do a great audition to be honest. Um but let's get on to talking about Strictly Ballroom, actually. Because, um, yeah, because yeah, so you ended up playing. Very Fran. exciting for you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can't wait. Um, but you ended up playing Fran um, opposite uh, Johnny Laby. Yes. Um, who I was just texting, actually, just recently, like a few, a few days ago. He, he, like, he messaged me, at, like, DM'd me on Insta, and then, yeah, yeah. we were going back and forth. Maybe I should get him on the podcast as well, just to give me advice. Yeah, for, get him for on. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously you were Fran and I came to see it and uh, you and Johnny were, were, were both so good. Like I re- really enjoyed it. It, it was oh, um, thank you. so brilliant. But like, talk to me about the show, about getting into the character of Fran, about like, you know, did you, did you do any like extra ballroom training or, or have you done enough ballroom before or like like talk to me about ballroom when um when I first went into dirty dancing um we did quite a lot of ballroom training um when I first when I first joined the show we did like a few weeks sort of they were quite big on the ballroom training at that time in the show I think they sort of like got a bit lax with it later on but um and and we had like a ballroom specialist and everything come in but we also had that on Strictly Ballroom um and uh and it it was I love Latin and ballroom so much like I I just I'm obsessed with it and I (laughs) I want to do so many more lessons in like Latin and ballroom because I just think it's 
I mean, it's so hard, but it just feels amazing to do. And it looks incredible. And I just, I wish I had done more of it as a, as a kid, but it just was never <laughs> part of, of my family. But, um, but yeah, so I love doing it. But I think with like Fran, I would say, and I love a lot of the characters that I've played like mm. in my life, but mm. just for me, like Fran be, going on that journey of, I remember like when I first put my wig on for the my first sort of wig trial and I was like, no, we need to like make this more unattractive. I was like, come on, we can go further with this. Like, cause I wanted to have this like huge journey of just like all the spots and the glasses and the, <laughs> yeah. just look as bad as I possibly have ever done in my whole life. Just so that I had this like, you know, big old kind of finding herself journey. And, and it was important for me to kind of try and get across the fact that it wasn't, um, Scott Hastings liking her that made her pretty. It was that she was growing in confidence. And so she decided to run a brush through her hair or, you know what I mean? Like things like that, she was finding her body. She was finding how to dance within her body and that was growing and making her confidence grow. And therefore she was looking more attractive. So it wasn't because she got the boy, you know, which I think is really important. And, I, yeah. and so, but I, so I kind of wanted to show that journey, but I just loved every second of you know rehearsals and drew mcconey is a genius and um but i'm sure like craig is going to do incredible things with it like that's just going to be excellent <laughs> well, well yeah it's it's i mean craig's directing it but um jason gilkerson i think is doing the choreography oh wow okay. director on strictly yeah he um like burn the floor was his sort of creation He's incredible mm. yeah yeah, so yeah, I'm looking. I've I've never worked really with with Drew. Obviously, I know Drew, but I've I've never, <laughs> I've never worked with him. But I'm fascinated by him because everything that I see of of his is like I love, like it's mind yeah. mind blowing. Um, when you listen to him talk, he says these like visionary things that you're like, how did you even think of it like that? But that mm -hmm. makes so much sense. It's just yeah. yeah, I love listening to him talk. It's incredible. Mm. Because he he directed and choreographed, right? For, yeah. 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 And when he goes about like putting all that choreography together, what's what's that process like? Like, does he come in with like everyone do this, or is it a sort of search it out in the space kind of process? Yeah, I, I think what he did he did come up with a lot of like phrases himself. So he would have like um, sections and and steps and everything that he wanted to put together and so he'd like teach people a, a certain section and then sort of fill around it kind of thing while the people were there mm. it was a really like sort of creative process with everyone and like but we with Johnny and I when we did our sort of Pasadoble at the end or our uh, yeah. time after time that was very much like just the session of me Johnny and um, and Drew and maybe like the dance captains sort of just like really making it up on us which is such a lovely process like when you do an original show like that it's just so yeah it, you never get an experience like that it's like yeah. you know when I when I went into Rock of Ages that was so fun but it was literally like whatever the girl from Broadway did it was the original London cast but it was like no say like you do right one two three four five you know like you yeah. stand there and um <laughs> It, so they, so to get that sort of like original process is is so good. I love that part of, mm -hmm. of making a show. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so it was kind of like that, very organic, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, very fun. Uh, it so- sounds wicked. And what advice you got for me for playing Scott Hastings? Oh, I don't know. I've heard your Australian accent's very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just love, I just I love Scott as a role because um, it's a funny thing. It's a, it's a funny one with Scott because I think at the beginning, um, you could kind of hate him a little bit. Mm. And then so he's got this like journey of um, sort of like angsty um, guy that is kind of unhappy in what he's doing, but he doesn't really know why. Um, and uh, so he kind of and, and Fran sort of helps him find out why and what actually makes him happy. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of like that's why it's so good that you're you're playing him because, you know, like you said before, where you realize that it wasn't dancing or performing that you didn't like so much it was just the competitive element yeah. of it you weren't enjoying yeah. so mm. it was like he didn't have to pack it all in and it's kind of the same same thing for Scott Hastings like mm. he doesn't he still loves he loves dancing he just can't figure out why it's yeah. it's kind of dancing that he's not enjoying yeah yeah you're right okay good <laughs> I'll write those notes down make sure oh that's it <laughs> <laughs> getting notes from the originals um <laughs> Um, yeah, so oh, you should definitely do more ballroom dancing, by the way. Like when, when you said that, like you'd be, you'd be a cracking ballroom and Latin dancer. Yeah, I mean, you know, my ideal dream ever is to be a judge on Strictly. Like that yeah. is like... My, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you said that in like a tweet or something. It's absolute like my, my career goal. Like, <laughs> like that, you know, so I'm going to like brush up my, my Latin and ballroom, you know, technique so that I can really... I know what I'm talking about. Then also I can give the performance, you know, mm-hmm. um, critique as well. Yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Think BBC, if you're listening, I'm a good, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good candidate. Put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's lovely to hear you say that because like, I don't know whether this is self-imposed, you know, whether it's actually a thing or, or, you know, or not. But like, I think sometimes within the, the, the sort of big umbrella of, of dance like ballroom and latin dancing is sort of it, it, it's sort of its own little niche over there in in the corner and i think sometimes a lot of ballroom and latin dancers feel quite separate from the rest of the dance world and and yeah. i don't know whether it's because of the nature of of the dancing itself or whether or things like strictly come dancing and dancing with the stars but i think sometimes there's a slight feeling of um other dance styles don't don't see ballroom dance, ballroom and Latin as like proper dancing. It's sort oh. of yeah, a bit sparkly and you know like like whatever. And, the, and then ballroom and ballroom and Latin dancers get very, um, you know. But when you're learning all these techniques, if only they knew. And da, 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 da. oh my god, if only they <laughs> knew. I remember trying to learn the foxtrot and just being like, right, okay, so I can't dance, like because <laughs> I like trying to do some of the steps in the foxtrot and and to me to begin with it just looked like step 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 like but actually obviously when I when I realized what I was doing it, you know it's so hard it's so different and um yeah I think but I think maybe that stems from quite a long time ago when when other dance forms were used for performances and ballroom and latin was more competitive yeah. and i think now that ballroom and latin is in, in a lot more kind of shows like burn the floor or mm. you know it's sort of more out there mm. in the public eye i think there's that kind of crossover now where it's 
mm. it, 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 it's yeah less separate I would hope um I think because I mean, it's so hard. The jive. When I watch the jive on Strictly, and I just my little like basic knowledge of it, I'm like, oh, not getting their knees up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but I know, like, you have to get your knees up in a jive, and, yeah. and it's so hard like, to keep that up for like just two and a half minutes. Like, <laughs> bloody hell. Um, but yeah, but I think. Yeah, I think I, I love that it's kind of becoming more of a there's more and more Latin style dancing in in um, in shows because that's my favorite type. I love it. Mm. And maybe Strictly Ballroom as a musical has sort of pushed that along a bit as well. Like like people yeah. come to the West End to see this, you know. Yeah. yeah. So you've played and a part dancing. already. You are. And so you've played a part in that already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so. Also, I'm interested in, you've also danced for Matthew Bourne, as well as uh, Drew McConey. And, and I'm a huge fan of Matt, um, you know, he's a friend of mine and uh, I love, love everything he does. And I hold him sort of um, responsible. Like when I went to see Edward Scissorhands that time, I was basically giving up performing. And then I saw that and I was like, no, no, I need to, I need to carry on. I found that spark again. Um, so um, tell me about working for, for Matt in those shows. You did Carmen, the Carman, didn't you? You did yeah. some more though. You haven't, it's, it's more than just the Carman. So I did um, Cinderella back in 2010. Yeah. And actually Matt Bourne, um, I would say is sort of the first person that really saw that I loved doing comedy and that I, that I wanted to sort of be more of a comedic actress than anything else. Um, and he kind of saw that in me and um and put me uh playing betty which was like the comedy girl that comes in with like two buns at either side of her head and glasses That's and right. sort of like makes a fool out of herself and uh, i did it in the first rehearsal and like everyone was really laughing and i thought oh my god like this is where i i live like this is where <laughs> I, I belong like and um and it just sort of spurred me on to do more and more and and um and it, he kind of was like, I knew, I knew that you had that kind of comedy thing in you, which was great because then that kind of led on to me doing Penny and Hairspray, which mm -hmm. then, uh, then Drew saw me do, which then made him cast me as Fran in Strictly Ballroom. And right, right, right. That sort of like geeky, gangly, like comedy thing is like where I live. I mm. love that. And then, um, so Matt was kind of the first person to see me as that. Um, but then obviously sort of, um, saw me as a as a murderous latino um for the combat a few years <laughs> later um because uh yeah it was um he knew that i'd always been obsessed with the carman um ever since i studied it at school mm. and um i just absolutely loved it and then i was in dirty dancing with alan vincent um yeah. who was the original lead in the carman so i was yeah. like completely starstruck by him on the first day of rehearsals um so matt and, and i and i was doing cats at the time and um I just got a text from Matt Bourne saying Lana question mark and I knew exactly what it meant like straight away I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god like all my dreams are coming true and uh and like I just couldn't believe it that he was you know considering me for this role that I'd always dreamt of doing and it just fulfilled every kind of joy that I ever thought it was going to I just absolutely loved doing the car man and loved playing that role it's just an exceptional show oh, it's like it's just unreal <laughs> um and uh yeah because you came to see it didn't you yeah 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 and uh 
cool. It was, I would do that show again in a heartbeat for yeah. sure. I don't know if I would be able to because it's an absolute killer, but I'd have to really raise my uh, fitness level for that. But um, but yeah, so but working for Matt is a is actually a dream. Like he is, um, he's a you know he's an absolute genius as well. And I and I always think he should direct films. His um, mm. his eye as a director is um, is insane, and the the amount of backstory and character work and stuff that we do for his shows um where we don't even speak is is unreal and it just absolutely adds so many layers to his shows um but we you know we do in rehearsals we do these workshops of like um who do you like on stage who do you not like who do you um who you related to like mm. what's your back so, and it and it just makes your life so much easier on stage because if you have any kind of improv moments you know exactly who to go over to or who to dislike or whatever and it just adds all yeah, these layers to the show um yeah. and you don't you don't often get that in in musical theater where you are actually mm. singing or speaking um so it's it, he's a, he's an exceptional director i love working for him mm. I, I love that like he, he, told me once that, that, that they do like a, you do like a dialogue as well for, for certain scenes, like with it, within the show where you actually have a dialogue written out. And it's like, whenever yeah. some, a dynamic isn't working between characters, you go back to the dialogue of what you're supposed to be saying. And yeah, it's actually really hard. I remember, and um, there's like huge, not giving any spoilers away, but there's a huge fight between my character Lana and Luca, the car man, and Lana's husband, Dino. There's a huge fight between the three of them. And um, when we were learning that fight, we had to kind of improvise um, as, you know, talking like, how dare you punch? Like, yeah, you know, like talking. And it's so hard because you're just like, <laughs> completely it's like an acting improv exercise um mm. with you know and and that's why all his all his dancers in his company are exceptional actors um because yeah. you have to be able to act to work for him um mm. just to get through the exercises that he puts you through through rehearsals like that <laughs> but, yeah that um going and yeah doing those conversations of the duets and stuff is yeah it's, it's so great i love it mm. But it but it shows that for all these different roles that you've been doing, it shows that you're like such an all rounder, like and and you can play many, many different parts. But I also think it's a it's a good point that like what what you were saying about how it developed, like you were in something and then someone saw you and thought she'd be good for that, and then mm. someone else sees you in that and goes, okay, should well maybe should be good at doing that then because like see these um, different elements. I think it just shows the importance of throwing yourself into every single role or every single opportunity that you're given because yeah. you know it even if that thing isn't necessarily your dream role you want to be doing something like that you never know who's watching and and might go oh that actually there's an element of that in that person that I think I could bring out in this character or yeah absolutely and I and I think what a massive thing I've learned over my career is um never to take a job because you think it's going to get you anywhere mm. um just just take the job that you think is going to make you the most happy um and that you're going to get the most fulfillment out of um and if if you think i really don't want to play this role i really don't want to do this show but i think working with this person could get me somewhere i just think that's never ever a, a reason to do a job mm. um because you're not going to be your um most 
authentic self um, and you're not going to be at your happiest and mm. therefore you probably that person probably won't want to work with you again um, mm. because so I think um, it, I, I've always in, in the last few years of my career I've just decided to take the jobs that are going to make me the most happy because to be honest when when the car man came around um, I almost didn't take it because I wanted to be considered as like a serious actress um, that you know that, that that didn't dance and I, and right. I was going to sort of uh, be sort of dim down my ability to dance because I wanted to be taken seriously for roles um, mm. for singing and acting roles mm. and then I realized that I don't need to put myself in any kind of box um, yeah. all I need to do is is make myself happy and then by doing the car man um, Cameron McIntosh came to see me in the car man and that's what led to Mary Poppins it's like it, it's yeah I think that's been a big life lesson for me um, just to like take jobs that are going to make you happy rather than jobs that you think are going to further your career um, because the ones that you think will probably won't. Mm. Um, I think that's great advice for like for everyone and that's a great way of of living through that the whole sort of performer's life experience actually and and because you you know it, we do it because we love it and it's and it's supposed to be fun but also I think there's an element of some people almost see it as like a competition of, of like who can get mm. the best gig or oh, I've look I've worked in this or at that theater or with that person or whatever yeah. and it's like that those are the reasons that they'll that they'll do it when actually they're hating it and they might be much happier doing something else totally and I had to really fight against that in my own brain because I had my two older sisters to compare to right. um and I and I really really had to stop myself doing that because I I around sort of in my early 20s I got really I got into a really bad habit of thinking oh but but Scarlett was 24 when she was doing this or oh she was already playing this role at 21 and you know and, and things like that and and then you go and then I wouldn't get a job and I'd beat myself up and think that I was rubbish because oh well Scarlett got that job or Scarlett like oh, oh you know oh, Summer, Summer was doing that then and it was such a bad way to be because then I was going into auditions just doing a terrible job because I was putting all this pressure on myself um, and I would be sat outside a waiting room thinking right well they're going to think I'm the rubbish one I haven't even gone in yet and I think <laughs> and they're going yeah I'm going to go in and I'm going to be the rubbish Strallen and then I'm going to be branded as the rubbish one and the one that's not got any talent and and I can't do this and I'm not going to do as well as my sisters and it was really bad like rabbit hole when I was going down um, but I think even if if you don't have siblings if you know just with social media you can do that to yourself or you know or looking at what other people are doing oh that person's doing that at this time why aren't I doing that yet whatever because you're you and you're on your own path and whatever yeah. comes yeah. to you at the time and will be right for you but it is hard to keep telling yourself that it is hard yeah it's definitely and it's it's hard to not compare to and you're right, social media has, has sort of made that a bit worse, I think. You, you, you only just look at what they're doing and how many followers they've got or how many likes they've got. Or, yeah. you know, or even if someone posts, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this project now and, and, you're, and you're sat at home, you know, sort of... Eating crisps. Eating crisps <laughs> yeah. go, well, go, well, I, I should be doing that now. I should, I should be... <laughs> I should be should studying Shakespeare. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know why haven't I done a law degree in this time oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 
but because it's like because you don't want to so that's that <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah exactly real yeah so establishing realize the thing that you are passionate about and the thing that you want to do and the thing that gives yeah. you energy and just head towards that and it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing no you can't be anyone else but yourself mm. so why try yeah and then to that point then obviously now you're mary poppins yeah. <laughs> so, so with everything that you've just been saying, I mean, on on the one side, I mean, that's amazing. You're playing Mary Poppins on the West End. I mean, it's a dream. Yeah. Um, on, but to everything that you've just been saying, one, there's a lot of pressure of this is a very famous character, um, you know, that's been, that everybody loves and, and everybody knows about and it's been you know done before on film and on stage and and whatever there's the the sort of weight of that character but also your sister has played mary poppins <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> did you feel <laughs> did you feel some of that going into the role or had you got to the point by then where it was just like you know you know what i'm gonna do my mary poppins and that's what it's gonna be yeah i think um thank goodness for having that little epiphany in my brain because I think if I was still in that, that sort of rabbit hole I would never have been able to do it um, but I was in a place of um, appreciating the talent of my sister um, appreciating how much I loved seeing her do the role but also appreciating how different we were and and the fact that I had been been given it so I had to kind of put my stamp on it um and uh and 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 I wasn't you know a, a couple of times the um uh, the associate directors um had worked with Scarly as well and um once or twice they'd be like oh Scarlett you, oh I'm so sorry and I'd be like no it's lovely it's a compliment I, I love it you know so it's like it was lovely because I was like, I thought my sister was incredible in this role. So if you think that I am anything on her, that's a compliment already, you know, like, and so it's like, so if, if I remind you of her in any way, thank you. Um, so it was it, rather than trying to compare myself to her. So, and, uh, and, and I kind of haven't really thought about it since. Uh, I've just sort of, and, and I, you know what, like, I feel like I really, sit in Mary Poppins I I love singing it I love saying the lines I love doing I just love doing it um and so I don't I just sort of go on stage and I and 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 there are certain shows where I think I really hope that they I know the audience have already got probably an idea in their head of who that their Mary Poppins is whether it's from the books or Julie Andrews or whatever but I just hope by the end of the show hopefully like 15 minutes in but at least by the end of the show I am I'm a new Mary Poppins to them I'm a I'm a I, I'm a new kind of I'm not a replacement but just a different Mary Poppins and they still see me as a Mary Poppins then I'll be happy um so yeah I uh I just kind of like just try and be myself but it was funny when I was auditioning for the role um Cameron I had this hilarious I've got quite a hilarious audition story if you were here yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like obviously I went through like the first couple of rounds of like um the panel and the um associate directors and uh, and things um and then I got a call saying um right this is kind of like your final um and could you go to Cameron McIntosh's house in Somerset um and audition for him 
And um, so I was like, oh God. So it was Cameron and George Styles and Anthony Drew. So I turned up at the house and um, they're like making tea and talking about the asparagus that they had um, got out of the garden. And uh, I'm like so nervous. And I and I went into the kitchen and and we're just sort of chatting about like, oh, what dog has Anthony Drew got and everything. Like that. And I'm thinking, can we just get on with this? Because I'm so nervous. <laughs> and then. Um, and then Oh, we eventually went into the room and um, went through all the things. And, and Cameron McIntosh played all the other roles. So he played like Michael Banks, Jim Banks, like Miss Andrew. like. And it was just so funny. And like now when I think back to it, I think like if I was watching that, it would just have been so funny. But obviously like when you're in the moment, you're like so nervous. But yeah, Cameron was walking around the room like, I want you to be dance more, use your body. I want you to be flirty, young Mary, cheeky Mary. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> so I always just think back to like the directions that he gave me in the room, um, in that little room with just the three of them in. Um, and then I, I went for uh, a walk. Uh, he said, right, we're gonna, we're gonna do, have a little chat about you, whatever. You go for a walk around the, the grounds and uh with the housekeeper and uh and then cut and then come back and say bye when you're gonna go and so I did went for a walk I came back and I knocked on the door and um he walked me to the front door and he went so we'd love you to do it um so uh go and tell Matthew Bourne that you're the new Mary Poppins and uh I will speak to you soon and I was like okay and I remember I got in the car and I phoned my agent I was like I think I just got off with the role but I don't know no one else was there (laughs) and then I didn't hear anything for five days and like for those five days I was like did I hear him correctly did he say we would like you to do it but we're not sure like I was was like no one else was there to hear it like oh did I imagine it um, but yeah, so it was so it was like a weird kind of um, a very strange audition, but I absolutely loved it, and I uh, yeah, I wouldn't change it. Like him being Michael Banks is just brilliant. He loves it and <laughs> dancing around the room. So yeah, weird experience, but uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and it is coming back as soon as it's allowed, right? Yeah. Mary Poppins is back. Yeah. And- they're saying May 22nd right now. So May 22nd. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, so hopefully, who knows? Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed that we can all we can all go and see you in Mary Poppins. And then um, so I don't I don't want to keep you all day, but um, right. <laughs> um, so what does the future hold like? Do you have any idea of anything after Mary Poppins? Um, how first of all, how long you is the run for do we know or is it sort of a slightly it's, in the air because of yeah it's sort of slightly in the air I mean I, I I was signed up until last November just gone so right goodness yeah. knows really yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but like what does the future hold for you and uh, what would you like it to hold for you have you got any other uh, we've heard about your um your writing that you've been doing and, and you hope to get that off the ground are, are there any other things that are like uh, Strictly Judge, obviously. Um, yeah. What have, have you got? Anything else that you like? I want to put that out there because this is this is what I'd love to do. Well, I think I think mainly for me, it's it it's either getting my sitcom out there or being on a sort of similar sitcom like of uh, you know I, I've always sort of seen myself as someone on 
on kind of like an ab fab or some kind of yeah. sitcom like that like a british sitcom and i think they really need to make a comeback and that's the kind of acting that i love doing just bit physical comedy and just being mm. kind of you know silly and um but that sort of british wit i absolutely love so yeah. if i could if i and i'm trying to be the creator of something like that within the industry that I love so much. So I, I, I'm trying to find this, um, this balance of um, not taking the piss out of our industry, but like finding the humor in it. Um, and that's what I've sort of been struggling with over the last few years, but I think we've kind of got it there now. And, I, and, and if over the next year I could put it in the right hands and just have one episode aired, even just like online, then I'd be happy. <laughs> like that's my, uh, that would be my plan, I think, just to get it, just to, for somebody to to have a look at it and go, yeah, I think I could do something with this and then and, and make something of it. Mm -hmm. It's set backstage in a theatre. So I think at the moment I'm kind of, I'm hoping to get into one of the dark theatres at the moment and, um, and, and maybe film the pilot episode, oh, try good. and get out. Yeah, so hopefully, fingers crossed, that's the plan for the next year. Awesome. And, uh, and just focus on getting back to Mary Poppins, really. Mm. Well, I look forward to seeing Mary Poppins and your sitcom. I yeah. <laughs> all of it. And just finally, before I let you go, um, you've already given lo loads of like pearls of wisdom and ad advice and, and stuff and like good points and things that people should think about, like if they want to be performers. But if like said, so there's probably going to be quite a lot of young performers right now um, panicking slightly about the state of our industry and and how things are going to go for them how how they can make it in the industry or how they can you know work uh within the industry um if, if there's any more um advice or even if it's something you've already said that something that you hold to be just so important to like young performers or say if it was to a, a younger zz or to a 38 year old northern man performer <laughs> 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 just uh, any um last sort of advice for performers yeah i mean i kind of i've kind of already said it but i think the main thing that i've learned is um just to embrace who you are and what you can bring and what so like what your move what your favorite style of movement is or what your favorite um way of singing is and i think like especially with singing actually one thing I have found is um embracing my own voice um and not trying to sound like someone else um and then um, just right really loving who you are and what you can bring to the table and when you walk into a room like when you walk into an audition or whatever um not trying to be the person that just went before you or the person that's going to go after you or the or the person that you think the panel want you to be yeah. um because that's probably never going to be what you think it is um uh, and and so i think it and that all comes down to pressure putting pressure on yourself um to be something that that you're not. So I think my main advice would be to really look in, look in at who you are, look in at um, your body shape, your hair, your what you, who you love and what you love about yourself and then bring that to the table of out into your career um, and not try and be somebody else. Mm. I think that would be like my main, main bit of advice. I think that's perfect advice. <laughs> probably in life as well as in 
yeah showbiz or performing and really hard to do it's a really hard thing to do um it's definitely not easy and it's a long process as well I'm definitely still going through it um but I think it's a really important thing um to know to know who you are and to love who you are um and not try and be somebody else yeah it's 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 so interesting you're so right because like with me when when I was sort of um you know doing more and more theatre like Mm. because my whole life has been ballroom dancing it's almost like um, there's that part of me sometimes, and probably what happened like when I came in audition for something like Strictly Ballroom, like I, when I was all like this, that, that there's this weird feeling of like, I'm a ballroom and Latin dancer, everyone knows I am, that's how everyone sees me. Now for doing a musical, I have to be someone else because you have to be yeah. this other thing because that's what they're gonna expect of this world. But actually the more, the, the longer I go on, the more I realize actually, there is no sort of blueprint for musical theatre person or, you know, dance person. No. Or, yeah. or like, it's just, everyone's got stuff to bring to the table in, di- in different ways. Yeah. And like we said before, like what you had to bring to the table was everything really like your whole kind of story and the fact that you're, that you are a Latin and ballroom dancer. So it was like, so it's, a, it's such a, it's brilliant that you now are going to get to play it because it's, now you're you're like oh I don't need to fit myself into that box of musical theatre person I can just be Scott Hastings hmm. like so yeah it's um I'm excited to see you in it I'm excited to see Strictly uh, Room I love it so much yeah, I, I, I really do and I uh, I hope you find a lovely Fran yeah um, we, need to, we need to find a Fran yeah and uh yeah I hope it's it's gonna be amazing <laughs> And we'll try and do it justice uh, for the way that you and Johnny went about it. Zizi, <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, that was an, an awesome chat. Me. And um, we'll see you soon in Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs>